Hello everyone, how are you? My name is Carlos Chalico. You are listening to Privacy Tech Talk, the podcast where you hear exciting things about privacy technology. And I am here with my co-host, Fahad Diwan, and Carlos and I are super excited for you to listen to our guest today. It is the first time we're interviewing somebody from outside North America. I've heard about the company for a while, but what really caught my eye was the CEO of Privato AI, Webav, who we're interviewing today, shared this picture of an advertisement of his company on in New York City. And I was like, wow, you know, the Indian tech sector and the Indian privacy tech sector has made inroads into North America. And so I'm really, really excited to learn more about the cool things Webav and Privato are doing. Bob, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today. Yeah, super excited to be here, Fahad and Carlos. Thanks for having me here. Great. So let us know a little bit about yourself. You know, what's your background and how did you get into the privacy technology space? Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Vaibhav. I'm the founder and CEO at Privado. My background specifically, would love to get into, you know, how it all started, right? So I grew up in a lawyer family and I still remember as a child studying while my dad was practicing for his cases. And I do think looking back some bit of that got into me via osmosis. So later in my life, whenever I was starting up, I was super comfortable operating in regulatory markets. My first startup before Privado was actually a B2B music streaming app. And this is where I had to figure out licensing from labels, music labels, music licensing bodies. And then what happened was that my first startup got acquired by this huge music streaming company in India. And I moved there. And what what was happening was it's about 2018 and GDPR was a big thing. It was a big project going around. It was super painful. There was no real solution. And then I was working through it and seeing all the challenges. Interestingly, when I left that company to start again and I was still figuring out what to do, the Indian government introduced the Personal Data Protection Bill in Parliament end of 2019, early 2020. And then as you can do in life, I was able to connect the dots backward. And I could connect the GDPR problem and then sort of read through the privacy, proposed privacy bill at that point of time overnight and figured, hey, I've been in product, I've built product. What the ask is going to be super painful for technology companies. And this is something, as I said, (laughs) regulatory markets are something like I'm super comfortable with. So I was like, there is something here. Let me speak to my friends, figure out if, you know, this is a pain point. And that's how really Privado started. I think interestingly, since I came from a product and tech background, my first gig was, first thing I did was I got a CIPM certification. I was like, hey, I need to know about what this is about before I go and build a product. The second thing I did was I got a consulting gig at an e-commerce company. And Fahad, the interesting piece was I did this data mapping exercise at that e-commerce company. It was a nine-month project. Seven months we spent on engineering. And at the end of the day, when I created this huge Excel sheet, I went back to my CTO and showed him that. And he told me that, hey, whatever you have built, 80% of it we can get by just scanning the code. And I was like, wow, that's nobody's doing that. And that's something <laughs> which came out of <laughs> my personal pain point of interviewing hundreds of engineers and product managers. And that's how really Privado, the code scanning, privacy code scanning tool was born. That's incredible. And, you know, I don't understand why so many companies are so stuck on the spreadsheet. And I'm glad that people like you are realizing that, hey, wait a minute, there can be a different way. There can be a better way. And very interesting background. So you're a proven entrepreneur. Like This isn't your first run at it, right? So you built a company, sold a company, and now 
you're building this other company that has raised money and you're making significant inroads in North America. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, we are actually a US registered company. We have raised over $17.5 million from institutional investors, including the top venture capitalists of SaaS, Insight Partners, Sequoia Capital, and the likes. So yeah, it's an exciting time to be in the privacy world. And, and frankly, this is because it's a very tough problem to solve and it's the problem of our day. I have to ask something. Uh, you may not know that I was born and raised in Mexico. So when I saw the name of your company, it caught my attention because privado <laughs> means private in Spanish. So oh, why yeah. privado? Why in Spanish? I mean, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting way the, I mean, it, it's interesting how we reached that term. So actually me and my co-founder, we were sort of thinking of or jamming on what the name should be. And we were basically playing around this, uh, around variations of priv from privacy. And then, you know, like he said privado and I said, okay, it seemed, at least it, it's nice to hear. So let's see what it means. And then actually it came up in Spanish, it means private. And I thought it was a good name. It was reflective of what the company really wants to do. That's how it started. We were just doing some playful exercises around the variation of Priv and then Privado happened. That's great. And you know, that's the beautiful thing about Spanish is that everything in Spanish just sounds better. Like you can even say, uh, <laughs> you know, where is the bathroom? Donde esta el baño? You think it's it's like music to my ear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Thank you. What, I what didn't say that. I didn't say that. So that's 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 great. Yeah. I have another question, and this has become a popular in the podcast, and this is one of the most challenging questions. So think of me, and this is where the challenge comes, as your favorite nephew. I am five years old, and I am coming to say, uncle, what do you do? What's your work? So explain <laughs> to me, as if I was a five-year-old, just trying to understand what you do for a living. What is it that you do? Yeah, sure. So let me answer it in two ways, right? So the company, what it does is essentially imagine any product or application, like any mobile app that you use. What we, what Privado does is it's like an X-ray for that mobile app. And essentially what it does is at the end of it, that X-ray report shows the doctor, which could be a privacy or a security team, give them visibility on all the data flows from collection to storage to leakages so the x-ray report gives you let's say the privacy score right so that's what it does and then the x-ray report also goes ahead and says these are the red areas or excessive data flows inside uh, for your mobile app and then eventually now what we also do is we think of it more like an x-ray machine which is similar to a glucose monitoring which is it it does it continuously so it does it the moment you do some change in your body. Like if you eat some food, the readings change. Similarly, if you change the mobile app, the readings on our X-ray changes. So yeah, that's kind of the, the analogy that I could use for that. Thank you. And I think that's a good one. Now, who are your customers? So our customers are essentially technology companies who are processing customer data. So these could be anyone uh, who has developers building mobile apps or e-commerce companies or fintech companies, insurance companies. So pretty much anyone who has developers and are building in-house applications, serving their end customers, that's what uh, those are the typical customers of Privado. And in terms of markets, are you focused in any particular market? And I would like to divide the question in a couple of segments. On the one hand, sectors, the type of sectors that you typically work on, and on the other hand, geographies, if you're trying to get focused on any particular geography. I think geography-wise, it's very clear for us. US and Europe, these are our two primary markets. That's where we operate. That's where, in fact, our, even our current customers are split 50-50. 
between the two and then from a industry focused i think for us what's important are two things does this company have developers building products and do they process customer data so those are the two filters that we apply which means some of the industries become more attractive than others so anything which is e-commerce insurance health education all of them are good industry but i would say it could go beyond that as well you know like if you are a b2b company which is processing let's say which is like a help desk software right that's a perfect uh, company for privado uh, privado to serve right so yeah essentially the way we look at it is developers building products having customer data those are the kind of companies we go after and so webab given that much of your team sits in india you're serving european and north american customers do you encounter any challenges and and how do you get around the challenges that you do encounter Yeah sure so i mean like from a from a geography perspective i think interestingly since we are a remote all remote company by the way even in india we are all split across so we do have people uh, in north america already like a bunch of people in north america in europe as well so they like time zone is definitely a challenge that you will see you know if if you are uh, if you are an indian founder selling to uh, north america you pretty much know all the time zone and now the daylight saving as well right so <laughs> so that's that's there but i think that's an easier one to manage honestly that's not the main challenge but i would say if you look at challenges from overall like a market perspective i would sort of take an example of where the current privacy tech market is in general right so essentially what i feel or what what i've observed is that the challenge and the opportunity is the same right essentially like you can be in a position where you can go in and say that we will not look at what's happening inside our engineering products and systems and applications and we are comfortable with the knowns and knowns for a while right so you can take that position for a while till it becomes a huge privacy debt leading to a fine or an investigation right and we've seen like some of this coming uh, even in the leaked documents of meta recently which was about hey we don't know about what happens with data and regulators expect us to make some commitments but we don't really know we can't say x data for y purpose but that's what regulators are asking us so i think the bigger market challenge is that companies can choose to not look inside what's happening in engineering for a while and the opportunity is that uh, from a privado perspective the challenge is that our market is that much you know like essentially companies who started to care about the engineering challenges but the opportunity is i believe every company will have to look there because if they don't look it'll be a huge fine later or it'll be a data breach or it'll be a privacy debt for which you need 10x the budget 10x the tooling 10x the people later so i think that, that's the interesting problem to have it's a challenge and opportunity both for provider yeah absolutely and i i go back to the carrot and stick metaphor right like right now at least the uh, companies that aren't strictly regulated we're trying to incentivize them by saying hey look laws are coming but even then you want to build trust with your customers so you should do these yeah. activities right but you know that lands with some companies uh, but if i'm being honest it doesn't really land with some other companies but i think once the us has a federal data law which is in the works and if you know same happens to india and once canada updates its federal privacy law and gives the commissioner or the regulator more teeth to enforce i think many many companies will will fall in line so i think it's just a matter of time this market's only getting bigger and i think one regulation will get enacted that's going to be very strict and then we're going to see pretty much every company dealing with personal information having a bigger more robust privacy compliance program so to shift gears a little bit right in the privacy tech space or just in the privacy compliance space there's like this whole debate right like are you catering to 
the lawyers and the traditional privacy professionals and helping build technology that streamlines workflow processes? Or are you shifting left, you know? And I see that on your website, you talk a lot about shifting left, which personally I think is really the future. But can you describe how your company is shifting left? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the problem first, right? And then why you even need the shift left approach. I mean, if everything works well in the current approach, you should not take another approach or have another process. That's general nature, right? Why do something which is already working? So let's look at the current problem, right? From a step perspective, what's happening inside companies is essentially, even if you are a super large company, you still don't have visibility on how data is used, where data flows, where it is stored. And there is a reason for that. The reason is you have a lot of engineers who are working in an agile uh, development framework, which means they have been given orders or marching orders essentially to say, hey, we are going, you have to ship products fast, which are user centric and you can iterate with them faster. So it's no no more top level product planning always. It's like a two week sprint of iteration and, and, and shipping a small feature, which means what ends up happening is while you have user-centric product which have pace so every few weeks they are being released they end up having some privacy harms either today or in the future and this entire problem becomes super i mean like if you just keep on adding this every two weeks you keep on pushing this code ultimately you reach a place where then you need a large privacy budget to solve the problem because now you have too many databases too many third-party data sharing too many collection points too many leakages into logs and you don't really know where to start that's what companies figured in 2016 is their problem. The thing is, that's the problem of today as well. Even if they bought all the tools in the market and tried to solve it, they're not solving it at the source, which is the decision of data collection, data sharing, data storage happens in the code. And that code is changing every two weeks. Now, the shift left philosophy is basically geared towards solving this problem. It's basically saying that, hey, as a developer, as I'm shipping product, I have a testing tool to ensure there are no bugs in the in, in the product that I'm shipping, right? It's about having a privacy testing tool available to developers as they're building software so that they know the new feature they're shipping is not in compliance with GDPR or is leaking data to a third party or worse is sharing location data with an ad SDK, which could lead to investigation by regulators or like a privacy, you know, like a privacy breach or, or like a news that you don't want, right? So the shiftlet philosophy is exactly that. Uh, you solve the problem at the source, you solve the problem early so that later you don't have a privacy debt. You can do data minimization, you can enforce policies as part of your software development lifecycle. And at the end of the day, if you collect less data, if you know where all your data is early on, you get all the other benefits, which are sometimes not even privacy related. You know, Your data quality is better, your data costs are better. Right. So even if you don't make the privacy argument, like just making these decisions and, and having the impact early in the software development lifecycle helps a lot. Thank you. And that's great because in the end, what you are doing is promoting privacy by design or data protection by design, which is another concept that is being pushed by these regulations. And one of the challenges with privacy by design was, of course, operationalization. And I think that having tools like these is, is definitely useful for that. Now, you know that Fahad and I are Canadian and I cannot avoid asking you, are you having Canada in the radar for business development in the future? Do you have Canadian clients? Oh, not at the moment, but yeah, I'm sure <laughs> probably in the future at some point of time, we would definitely expand there. But yeah, right now we're sort of focused on the US and European markets. Perfect. Thank you. And you know, when we were learning about what you do and what Privado is after, we saw that you have an open source feature in the product. Can, yeah. can you talk to us a little bit about that feature you offer in Privado? 
Yeah, sure. So basically what Trivado does, again, is essentially it's a privacy code scan, which means it's basically scanning the product code for either a user-facing app or a backend service and giving visibility on two things. One is what personal data does this application collect and the ongoing flows. The second thing we do that is once we have these flows, we also open some data security and privacy issues which exist in the code. So this piece, which is getting visibility on the data flows and privacy issues, this is our code privacy scanner, which is completely open sourced. So this is something that any privacy engineer, security engineer, any privacy professional can go and download from our GitHub, literally add it in their software development lifecycle and start enforcing privacy by design as part of their SDLC. And basically our philosophy was that, hey, companies should be able to get visibility on data and data flows, and they should not be charged for that. So that's been the philosophy and that's why it's open source. So our idea is that if you have a software development pipeline running, you have a security scanner, you have a scanner for secret detection, add a, C, add a scanner for privacy as well. And Privado is an open source option for that. So that's why we open source the core product, core privacy code scanner as well. And I love that because I think that, well, A, it's probably a good business development exercise, but B, it also, to me, conveys that you genuinely care about the problem that you're solving, right? It's not just, you know, how do we make the most money out of this? It's all about well, look, this is our information. Companies need help. And how can we at least get the ball rolling? And maybe some of the clients that are too small to afford your services, I don't know about your pricing, but maybe the ones that are too small, they can still benefit from this. And the world is, at the end of the day, benefiting from your technology because all of our privacy rights are being better respected. Thank you so much for such an interesting conversation. Can you just please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and help us with providing one final comment? Yeah, sure. So you can reach out to us on our website, privado.ai, or even on my LinkedIn. If you search with my name, I'll be there. Happy to connect and chat on what we were talking about on the podcast. And yeah, I think one final comment with me, I've been speaking to a lot of privacy and security professionals. I'm super excited about the shift left revolution for privacy, literally. And I do think that's going to be where the companies will eventually evolve. And that's going to save a lot of costs and headaches in the future. So. Thank you. Going for the by design approach is going to be great. So thank you for and that. And as you said that, way Bob, I have a Beyonce song playing in the back of my head, you know, where it goes <laughs> to the left, to the left. I couldn't agree. To the left. Think, uh, shift left <laughs> is the way of the future. It doesn't make sense to try to put the Pandora back in the box. You got to build it with privacy in mind. Yeah. Thanks again, Waybab. And to all of our listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, you know how to do that. But just as a reminder, you can find me as Carlos Chalico on LinkedIn and the exact same way, Carlos Chalico on Twitter. Fahad, what about you? You can catch me as Fahad Diwan on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. This podcast was produced by Sofia Perez, and we will be with you soon. If you happen to have any recommendation, advice, even joke on the content we should be including here, please feel free to reach us. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks, Wayback. <laughs>